Hello, and welcome to Faith, Fathers, and Families, where the focus of this family ministry is restoring a foundation of biblical truth and reclaiming biblical foundations for our lives. You can visit us on the web at www.faithfathersfamilies.org, where you can learn more about our ministry, send us a prayer request, or hear past recorded messages. And now, a biblical message from Joshua Hernandez, founder of Faith Fathers Families. Hey everyone, today I want to talk to you about how we can grow closer to God in 30 minutes or less. Now I know the majority of you listening to this are saying, yeah right Josh, how are we supposed to do that? We can barely keep up with all the daily demands. Well consider that I used to be of the same mindset. First we need to face it. We're inundated with worldly demands that vie for our attention with diligence and tenacity. And with the ever advancing technological dynamics of our day, we're led to believe that one, we can recover time, or two, at the very least, use it wisely. Unfortunately, neither of these misleading paradigms are true. We soon find out that the ever-expanding technological advances simply demand more work, more effort, and require more ways of communicating, which leads to the increased expectation on those utilizing the technology. So let me preface this by not saying what you think I am saying. Technology is simply a tool with no inherent value aside from what we put on it, okay? So let me say that again. Technology is simply a tool with no inherent value aside from what we, the individual, put on it. So what I'm saying is it's, it's technology is neither evil nor good. It's merely a tool. And it really truly is in the eye of the beholder. Consider, for example, if you spend 50%, 30%, 20%, or any amount of time that you spend in your day on a particular social media platform or video streaming service, it's not the social media platform or the video streaming service to blame, nor the internet, nor the device uh, that we choose to use. It's simply the individual choice that we make. So we have to first acknowledge that. Uh, the fact is simply this, though. As soon as the alarm screams out its ominous toll, our precious time starts to fade quickly. We need to intentionally forecast time with our Creator. So, before we get started on the how, it would prove useful to address the why, because I know many of my listeners are thinking that. Now, although the aforementioned address to technological advancement and its insatiable lust for our time, it probably gives... Uh, some form of the why we should do this, let's address it from the lens of Scripture. So the first and most important reason is this. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with your mind, your body, soul, and strength. That's the first and most important reason. In addition to the first and greatest commandment, we can look to a few verses that further support the why um, this is by no means an exhaustive list, but we can see the importance that God places on us growing closer to him. So first off, let's look at Psalm 145 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. James 4, 8a, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Hebrews 11, 6 and without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. 
1 Timothy 4.7 Have nothing to do with irrelevant and silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. Now, all of these verses typically address the why, but particularly, I want to focus on 1 Timothy. Paul says here, we are to train ourselves for godliness. This is the process of sanctification over the course of our life as God the Father continues to mold us into the image of God the Son, that is Jesus, by power of God the Spirit or the Holy Spirit. What do we have to lose with growth and godliness? Well, for one, our fears, our propensity towards sin. Quick, quick caveat, I don't mean that we're, we're going to never sin again. What I mean to say is we willingly choose to sin less. We we overcome the temptation by growth in godliness. We also lose our shame, our guilt, our baggage from our past, our meanness, our anger. What do we have to gain, right? I mean, naturally, if we lose something, we should be gaining something. Consider we gain the ability to properly love, to choose joy, to experience true peace, maintain patience in all situations, to extend kindness, to overflow with goodness, keep faithfulness to God, to pour out gentleness and exercise self-control, all to the glory of God for our good by his mercy and grace. So that's the why. Let's move on to the how. How can this be accomplished in 30 minutes, you say? Well, there are four things that we can do each day that will help us. This is, again, not an exhaustive list, but it's a great start. Uh, some refer to them as personal spiritual disciplines. So we have four activities. Worship and song. Pray the Bible. Bible intake, or that is just reading to read. And scripture meditation. So let's break those down into a little bit more. One, worship and song. I know what you're thinking. Josh, I can't sing. Uh, no worries, I can't sing either, and if you're listening to this, you probably know that I have a very monotone voice. <laughs> but the idea here is not to sing, but to worship the Lord in song by focusing our hearts, our minds, and ears to the tune of the music while simultaneously praising God. Find a station on one of the many smartphone apps that allow you to listen to music or search a web platform. I personally like to listen to older hymns, not because they're inherently better than contemporary music. Rather, I do so because they generally contain a lot of theological truth and doctrine in the lyrics, and this helps me keep focused on God. All right, so worship and song. Maybe for five minutes. Pray the Bible. If you have never done this, this is a great uh, phenomena to learning how to grow in prayer. Um, if you ever felt like you say the same old things in prayer, this is uh, definitely a practice for you. If you feel like you don't know how to pray or what to say, again, a great tool for you. So all that aside, this is obviously for everyone, but praying the Bible is an amazing process of reading Scripture. You could be in your heart, in your mind, out loud, reading Scripture, and then steeping it in your heart and sending it back to God in prayer. So let me explain how it works and then give an example. Uh, so how do we pray the Bible? Well, thumb through to the psalm of the day. For example, if today is the 24th, go to Psalm 24. If it's the 10th, go to Psalm 10, etc., etc. And read the ver first verse out loud or silently. Whatever comes to your heart or mind, simply turn it into a prayer and send it back to God. 
When nothing else comes to mind, read verse 2 and repeat praying until nothing else comes to mind. And then go on to verse 3 and so on until either one, you run out of psalm or you run out of time. I thought when I first learned this technique that I would there would be no way I could ever pray for 10 to 15 minutes, let alone 5. But once you get into this routine, you, you, time will easily pass by. In fact, you'll want to keep going and say, oh man, I've... Um, I've already been here 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long you decide to do it. You'll find that your heart will be filled with God's Word and your lips will be full of prayer. So again, the praying the Bible can last about 5 minutes, 10 minutes. This is all negotiable. Uh, and then an example would be, let's use Psalm 4. Psalm 4 verse 1, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have relieved me in my distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. So it might sound something like this. Read that psalm or that verse out loud or in your heart. God, I pray that you will answer me when I call to you right now. Lord, I call out. Please bless my family today. Lord, God, you are my righteousness. Thank you for being my righteousness, God. Without you, O oh God, there is no salvation. Thank you for your salvation. God, you relieved me in my distress. Lord, when I was dealing with the storm or sickness or temptation or whatever it is. God, thank you for your grace. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer as I pray for so-and-so and for situation and thus. You get the idea. It's just turning the verse and the words in the verse into a prayer and sending it back to God. Uh, in fact, a lot of the Psalms, this is why they were written. One, to be read out loud or sung or to be prayed. So I really hope you can see the potential for this prayer uh, tool uh, in your life and using this method. Now, remember, whatever or whoever comes to mind, just pour out your heart to God using his words. All right? So number three, Bible intake. Now, this process is just simply uh, finding a book um, that you want to read that, one, A, you haven't read yet, or B, you um, have read but want to read again. Just find a book of interest in the Bible and sit down and read that book. 10 minutes at a time, could be one chapter, could be a passage, depends on how long you know that 10 minutes takes. Read out loud and slowly while trying to mentally soak in the Word. This will help you get through the book, uh, through books of the Bible and cause you to, uh, you to start probing the text more as what you read will manifest applications and questions for your life. Now remember, this process is simply to read God's Word and take in what you read. It's not necessarily a time for study or, or, you know, trying to prod the depth of the text. That's the next one, which is number four. Meditate on Scripture. Now, this process is where you choose a devotional book to read and begin to study the text more thoroughly. So, for example, if you chose the book of James, you begin in chapter one and read a few verses. Have your journal handy so that you can focus your thoughts as you meditate on what you read. You might wish to focus on a bondservant, right, in James 1.1. 1, 1. There are various ways to meditate on this. You can ask questions, like, for example, what does bondservant mean? How can I be a bondservant to God? How does this apply to my life? What is the context of James's message? Who is James writing to, and how am I similar? Meaning, what fallen condition or situation is James addressing? If questions are not your thing, you could draw a mind map. Put the word bondservant circled in the middle of the page and draw out uh, lines from the circle with various ideas or words that relate to the word bondservant. You could also use a journal uh, to write down your thoughts. Um, 
Rather, it's your understanding of the text or lack thereof. Questions that arise and various other things. A journal comes in real handy for this. This is really just a handy way for you to see a tangible benefit from meditating on scripture. The main idea behind scripture meditation is to focus deeply on the text. James says in chapter 1 verse 2, Consider it. The word consider means to think deeply on. Look at it from various angles. Meditate on or concern yourself with. So simply put, we should consider the text as we read it and think deeply on it. Scripture meditation is a great way to increase our understanding of the text as well as draw out application for our life. So you can worship in song for five minutes. You can pray the Bible for five minutes. You can read the Bible for 10 minutes. You can do scripture meditation for 10 minutes. That's your 30 minutes. You can mix and match those time frames to your heart's content. Uh, obviously, this list is by no means exhaustive, but a small starting point for us to intentionally grow closer to our Creator using a biblical method is definitely a good place to start. And I, like I said, it's flexible. So if you want to worship in song for 10 minutes and pray the Bible for 10 minutes, then cut the other two and a half for five minutes. Or if you have extra time, lengthen it appropriately. You know, it's really, it's up to you. It's just, you slice up the four activities in any way that works best for you in the time you have available. It's a very easy, simple way to get started making intentional time for God without already, um, you know, having to contend with the, the hectic schedule that we have. Because I know it's tough to schedule more things in, it, in our already too full calendar, but when it comes to sanctification and growth and godliness, let something else go if you have to and make this a priority. It's so important. The benefits far outweigh the cost. Make more time for God and less time for the world. In the words of the most notable evangelist and missionary, Jim Elliott, quote, I believe the enemy has made it his business to monopolize on three things, noise, hurry, and crowds. Satan is quite aware of the power of silence, end quote. Don't let the world steal all of your time. Give some to God for worship, prayer, reading his word, and meditating on its meaning. When we go face our great creator, we will be asked about what we did with the time we were given. So please take these things and implement them in your life. The benefits far outweigh the cost and you'll see a huge return. Thanks again for joining us. This has been uh, Joshua with Faith Fathers and Families.